0: Podcast where I deep dive into matters surrounding HR Tech and the future of work. I was a former HR Serial entrepreneur and write extensively about the future of work on my blog. You may know me better through the Singapore HR Tech Market Map that I created in 2017. In this podcast, I speak with the people who are enabling the future of work. From mindfulness coach to employee engagement platform, they are all helping companies to better navigate rising work and business demands. I'm hoping that sharing in this podcast will help you better prepare yourself. And your business for what the future of work may bring. My guest today is Gary Gun. He is an experienced entrepreneur and marketer involved in the startup of several successful companies across a broad spectrum of industries. He is currently co-founder of Jobcred, a skills intelligence platform that uses AI and data science to understand the evolving industry skills demand and guides people to close their skills gaps and navigate the future of work. Jobcred is used by Fortune 50 enterprises ranked universities, government agencies and international aid agencies like the World Bank. Hi Gary, thank you for coming onto the show. Uh, thanks for having me here.
1: To start off perhaps I would like to understand from you what exactly is skills inventory or skills intelligence? So I think uh, the key
2: thing that uh, we have learned over our work with different companies is that A lot of them are starting on this journey of transformation. And the challenge is that a lot of them are starting from quite an initial base because they are maybe starting on the first time, or there's new context in the environment like COVID that is making it difficult for them. So they don't know where to start. That is the biggest problem. They don't know how to go about it. They don't know what direction to take. So that's why when we have this discussion with companies, we realize that it's almost, you're like taking medicine, right? You're, you're feeling a bit sick. You don't know what's wrong with you. And you want to figure out what is the way forwards. So it's important before you take any medicine, like the training causes, like job redesign, whatever it is, you want to make sure you what's your sickness first. So that's where skills inventory and skills intelligence comes in, where it's important to understand what is your current skills, where you want to go in the future, what your gaps are, and then take the right medicine to solve that. So that's why we focus a lot on making sure we help companies understand what's going on in their company by doing skills inventory and intelligence. Then Actually
1: sounds quite uh, complicated for any individual to begin with, because for myself, if you ask me what's my skills, I also wouldn't know. So how does it make better or easier for organizations to compute the skills of so many
2: headcounts at the same time? Yes, you're exactly right. That is the biggest challenge. What we call, or the company will probably call change management. To get all this buy-in from the different stakeholders in the company as well as get the work done and what we try to do is to keep it as simple as possible so we have to work with the company to define their competency framework and model first so it, it is a little bit curated in a sense that this system is not focused on letting every single individual say that i have 1000 skills in the world it could be great you could have like boxing skills or school diving skills from your past and that's great but we are looking at it from the context of the organization So the first thing we do with the company is to limit the universe, to say that, okay, there's 30,000 skills out there, which are the 300 or the 200 that are applicable to your company's job roles and your company's people. And from there, we use this to work with the employees using a platform to validate these skills. So previously, companies may use Excel. You know, they were like, I come up with this competency framework, and then I said to all my supervisors and my staff, you have to rate yourselves, but it's very painful to do. Imagine you have so many tabs. You don't know which one is applicable to you. You have to look at all all over the place and send back manually via email and the process complicates. It's crazy. So that's why a lot of times nothing happens. We work with the biggest companies in the world, even Fortune 50 companies. They don't have all this data because it's so painful to go through this process. So that's why with a system that puts everything online, Uh, you go in five minutes as a supervisor, as a normal employee, you just say what skills you have according to the framework of the company and you're done. So that creates that sort of efficiency and automation to get the results up. Uh, so it's not confusing. The biggest challenge is that it's confusing for the individual and for the supervisor. So we make it really limited universe. Straightforward. You go in, you just uh, say, I have this or I don't uh, at what level and, and your, your work is done right, at the first step. So that makes it fast. So contextualize to, of course, what you can bring to the organization. So
1: your TikTok yes. skills and all that may not be relevant <laughs> <laughs> and may not be exactly. apparent on the platform. And and okay, yes. so you we settled on how an individual will be able to know his or her skills or the same for the company but mm. what about new yes. skills they want to acquire and i think there's something on the top of many people's head because when it comes to skills okay. acquisition many people honestly is quite lost even for myself i'm quite lost yes. i have turned i've clocked more than 40 so right now i have a thousand dollars sitting in my skills future credit account <laughs> yes. i don't know where to begin so yes. how does your approach actually help companies to better understand or help individuals to better understand mm. Out of these
2: 10,000 training
1: courses, which allow me to acquire a million different skill set, which one should Mm. I take?
2: Yeah. So we're very proud that we've managed to get real uh, results from our process where we had uh, companies who have uh, 10 times more courses being taken compared to before. And why does that happen? We are solving the exact problem that you mentioned where a person is confused. The person doesn't know what uh, next direction to take. And that's why when I mentioned we limit the universe earlier on, that's a very important step. So we're not saying that TikTok is not important or that other stuff, but you can reflect that in our system as well. But at this moment, the system is really built to help the company to firstly work with the business unit heads and with the HR and management to identify what they want the company to move to. For example, the company could want people to have TikTok skills, right? They could want a a whole new e-commerce division, for example. And then we will help them to use our global data or a Singapore skills framework to create those job profiles. Let's say, I want an e-commerce manager and I need to have TikTok skills inside. Then that becomes a template. And when the staff logs in, then they can measure themselves against that template. Straight away, they see that ah, the company wants an e-commerce manager or digital marketing manager with TikTok skill. OK, what is TikTok skill? Oh, OK, click on TikTok skill. It brings me to the causes that is linked in the system to MySQL feature or Udemy.com, et cetera, and it shows the causes there. So it is really quite a limited universe, true. You can't put, I don't know, any other social media platforms skill that the company doesn't want. So it is limited to the company's goals. But that helps you to also be very clear what the company wants you to do to get promotion. So you don't need to be so confused. At the end of the day, yes, it's more for company growth, but that will help you in your career growth in the company and also outside the company as well. So it's very targeted, it's very straightforward and it reduces confusion for individual.
1: And this may sound like a dumb question, but would such an approach be useful only for specific industries, specific occupations, or is this something across the board?
2: Yeah, we actually found that it's something that is surprisingly quite uh, across the board because we worked with traditional industries like logistics, even drivers. You can imagine, hey, drivers, they don't need a drive; they don't need to know anything else. But surprisingly, they first have to do their own skills on it, which the company wanted the data. And then they wanted to introduce some new technologies like GPS system or touchpad system or navigation, stuff like that. So these are important for the individual to know, Uh, rather than having a one-on-one, everyone talks about it, they uh, send the information via the system. So in that example, traditional industries are quite uh, happy with such a system. Different job roles also. We cover almost everything, as I said, from blue collar all the way up to you can see management would definitely need something like this uh, for the long-term you know, growth of the staff as well. So far, we find that, that approach of using a skills kind of inventory system to understand where your people are today and then plan for their future works quite well for most job roles. But of course, for the context of a blue corner, is a little bit different from the context of a white corner. But in general, the approach works well. And so we
1: touched on the kind of the different industries and all that, and it seems that it's across How about the company size, if I'm running Mm, a company of 20 people versus a a company of 5,000 people, would it apply equally for both these kind
2: of companies? So we've gone through a long journey as well, talking to many different companies, right? So the best fit for such a product, actually, yes, you're absolutely right, is for companies that are 500 uh, people and above, especially the 500 size. That's when they are really struggling a little bit with the size and then they haven't done too much uh, hr processes or this sort of skills audit or skills uh, inventory yet they may not even have a competency model or framework so that's where we are the most uh, useful for them but we've also worked with the largest you know uh, companies in the world even local large local enterprises like the, one of the biggest telcos in you know and they are still uh, struggling to implement their competency framework and do the skills uh, assessment. So yes, we are a little bit suitable, better for the larger companies. But I was recently at the SNF forum for SMEs, talking about uh, what we are doing for training analysis in partnership with SNF. So the smaller companies, their biggest challenge is practical, right? How do I make more money? How do I save more money? And in this case, specifically, how do I uh, get a uh, skills gap analysis out? Why is the skills gap analysis out? Uh, important for them because they want to know what sort of uh, training they can take for their staff or sort of training grants they can get. Very practical for SME. So, in that case, uh, if they don't know their gaps, they don't know what causes to the send their people for, they can't take advantage of all the, the goodies uh, to upskill their people. So that's where we are working out a very quick, straightforward 30-day, 90-day program to get the training needs analysis out for a company. We're not needing to use any human being intervention. Everything is online. You just go through, you get your training needs report out, and then you can look for training providers or look at the training providers on our system. So it's a very focused use case. At this We're not talking too much about skills inventory for a 30 to 50% organization. It's just straightforward. I'll do your assessment quickly uh, according to uh, Singapore Skills Framework, for example, and then you get your skills gap, and then your people can go for training. So it's very targeted for small companies, but for big companies, of course, we do the full uh, suite of services. And And when it comes
1: to, especially for smaller companies, I do still get in touch with some business owners, but yes. the sense I'm getting is uh, even until today, there seems to be quite a fair bit of reluctance to spend too much on training, Correct. and of exactly. course, some sometimes they will cite to me, if I train them, then they leave Please. as a waste of money. <laughs> what is yes. your take on this and what message do you have to share with business
2: owners that still think that way? So I think for small owners, right, small business owners, right, they may not be so focused on, on training. That's true. Know they are worried that, that people leave, etc. But I'm a small business owner myself. We are a startup. One of the things that, that worries us a lot is one, retention of people. It's not easy to find people nowadays, especially locals, to come and join a small company. So every time someone leaves, it's a very painful process to hire and retrain and get them out to speed again. And it slows the company down a lot. So I really want to make sure I retain my people. That's number one. Second is that I want to... I want to make sure that I'm ahead of the competition. Right? So in this day and world, you have massive competition all over the place. Like we are the competition from uh, startups in US, Canada, UK that are coming to fight in the Singapore market. So it's so painful that you have to make sure that you're always at the cutting edge uh, of how you do your business and uh, how you uh, have the right people with the right skills to do the business. So with these two contexts, right? First, I need to retain my people no matter what. It's very painful to hire. Second, is that I need to make sure that I'm ahead of the competition. So you look at that in that regard, right? Skills is definitely part of the conversation. Why is skills part of the conversation for number one? Because the young people, especially the younger workers, career growth is very important to them. That may be their number one. There's a lot of surveys that show that the number one key for retention is that you provide a career pathway for me to grow in your company. right? From the first interview with the fresh graduates, they already asked me this question. So this is on the mind of every single fresh grad. So. It's important to at least have a pathway to help the individual to see and self-service, hopefully, with a platform. If not, at least have a pathway to let the person see that there is a growth potential in the company. The company may not be looking at, let's say, giving you like $5,000 training credits. That's funny, but at least I know that my next step is like that. I need this sort of, should show these sort of capabilities and skills to get to the next level, uh, and there's a pathway progression. So I think it's important to provide that to retain your, your important people, and second, Of course, then at the same time, when you show them that pathway, you show them the new skills or the new divisions or the new approach that uh, you can discuss with your business, hey, it's of of course as well to make sure that your company is more competitive because everyone else is moving fast, right? You may be too busy as a small business owner looking at your operational work. That's what happened to me as a small business owner, too busy doing operational work and you never look up and see that, oh no, the competition is already way ahead of you in certain areas, right? So you have to be able to use... That's an approach to use skills even, or, or in another context of the world of skills, technologies within the company that helps you to leapfrog the competition. So these are the two reasons why I think it's important for SME owners to make sure that they retain their people and that they are able to be competitive and ahead of the competition, and using skills or technologies as a way to uh, retain and leapfrog the competition.
1: So, skilling potentially could become one of the most sought after EVP for companies.
2: If they know how to play the cards, exactly. And if you notice certain listed companies, they've have they have made it a key to highlight how much that they, they are transforming. And You can notice certain banks, for example, they are saying that oh, we are becoming a digital bank, and thus we're hiring tons of IT. We make sure everyone learn data analytics, etc. So that matters to millennials, and it matters to certain people who want to see a progressive company as well. And of course, that reflects in their stock price. Their stock price went up a lot. So we do get quite a few larger companies that already have this CEO mandate that we must transform, or in certain large local enterprises, they want to diversify and move into areas that are not their core. And that helps to present more options for the staff within the company that, hey, I can go into the property division, I can go into the e-commerce division. So that again, helps to retain the staff.
1: For companies that are new to this approach, but is keen to start, uh, what are some of the things that you believe they should be mindful of in order to try yeah. to make this process as smooth as possible and try to avoid some of the missteps or common mistakes?
2: Okay. So I see the biggest problem uh, among all the companies who will give, right, is that they, again, is the maturity curve. They don't know where to start and thus they maybe take steps that are way downstream first. So a lot of times we hear that, Hey, I heard you all got all lot of data. Can you show me like all the data, on all the different industry and all the job roles around different uh, parts of the world? And then you realize that they, they don't have the people to take advantage of that data right? and they don't have the time and process. I'll give you a real example. So we met a development, property developer company in Singapore, and they wanted to expand into asset management, into all sorts of different uh, things around property uh, development. And they asked us these questions. But then when we talked to them more, we realized that most of their staff are more traditional staff. They're not so used to technology as well. And then they wanted these business uh, unit heads, old school business unit heads to be the ones to... To say what are the skills and capabilities they need in those new divisions. So imagine if you overwhelm them with so much, they're just going to say anything. This thing very complicated. I don't want to use that. So that's the same case we see in not even the local companies, the bigger companies as well. When you show something that's, that is very high-tech, very complicated, a lot of data, it, it looks nice, but in practical applications, especially when you bring in the supervisors, business units who got like a thousand other things to your change management, your implementation and tasks, we see that uh, when you put Basically, the cut before the horse when you try to put all the downstream work or you put too much emphasis on other parts in front, instead of easy implementation and getting things out across the company fast, then you end up having a lot of roadblocks. And that's even when they are working with us. So we have seen many companies who try to do certain things on their own without any to help them or without technology. As I said, some companies use Excel to send out the competency frameworks to get the buy-in and approval. It just doesn't happen. So... That's why the companies can take three to four years just to implement a simple competency model for one department. And that's not, you know, that's real data from some of the bigger companies we talked to. So the worst thing that is happening here is that you're losing as a small company, even or as a big company, you cannot afford to lose time anymore. Everybody is going to overtake you. So the point is that it's not even the cost savings. Of course, we can do much. Better cost savings it, not even the depth of data. is that using such a partner to help you. Of course, we don't just bring technology. We bring the expertise of our team to help you get all this done. You save a lot of time. You get things done faster. You can move faster, be more agile in your change uh, of your company and your people. Uh, and that gets you uh, to where you need to go. So rather than thinking about all the very big, long-term, like I want the most best universe of skills. I want, what oh, I must have the the system able to do X, Y, Z, because I'm doing that now, rather than focusing on all the downstream, why don't we do the upstream first to do a simple process to get buy-in from your business heads and then get the skills eventually properly done. And then from there, you can think about what's your next steps. And I think that's important for everybody starting on this journey to really think about uh, what is uh, the key to get done now rather than later. And how do you
1: envision the future of skills with skills, intelligent, progressing, and of course, with government coming in to play a huge part, what is your dream state of how things will, will eventually evolve
2: to become? Yes, you exactly. You mentioned yourself earlier on, right? That as an individual, you're confused. The individual doesn't really know what is your current kind of skills and what you should move towards, and same for organization as well. So I hope through our work to really have that sort of depth and breadth of skills knowledge. across different organizations and see how that has panned out uh, and changed, that we can be a system that can reduce this sort of confusion and help to guide individuals as well as companies to be a little bit clearer on the future. So as I said, the first um, kind of analogy is I want to be a doctor that comes and does regular checkups for you rather than wait until you have cancer, right, or wait until you're critically ill. We are able to detect certain things and say that, hey, actually, you may want to do this and that. Maybe on exercise more, eat, read, or eat more uh, green vegetables, that sort of stuff that can prevent a uh, uh, disaster later on. So I think you need that sort of depth of knowledge, almost like a doctor to go through all that sort of training, to have that depth of knowledge of skills, as well as how skills are changing uh, and how that applies to the individual company or the individual themselves, and make that sort of recommendation. This is not an easy thing to solve. I would be uh, the first one to put on my hand and say is that uh, it's not something even we as jobcraft as a data, you know, a skills intelligence company has solved very well because this is a massive problem and it's an ever-changing problem as well. As you can see, skills are changing so fast. But some building blocks towards that, we have good clients, we have good data. We are starting to see that it's practically, uh, there's practical results. As I mentioned, uh, 10 times more training taken up. We have helped companies reduce uh, their attrition rate by 38%, means that, you know, people stay in the company more. So these are practical uh, results that we've seen. And we continue to hope to improve the system and get this sort of uh, value in the future where people are less confused, companies are less confused. They know that and they can make take action on it. I, I know of companies with 38%
1: attrition rate. So if you can minus 38%, that's fantastic. <laughs> yes, zero, yes.
2: <laughs> in fact, to be positive, they bring their friends in. So it's like positive attrition. <laughs> ah, yes, good point. So for companies out
1: there listening to this podcast, if you are keen to embark on some skills, intelligence journey, please take notes of what we have just shared here and take all the baby steps as necessary for you to start off. But I guess most importantly is to learn from the experts. As Gary has pointed out here, the things that he's been doing. So Gary, for people who might be keen to learn more,
2: where should they go to? Uh, you can go to our website. It's www.jobcred.com. J-O-B-K-R-E-D.com. If not, you can drop me an email at gary at jobcred.com.
1: Thank you so much, Gary. All this will be added into the show notes. Lovely having talking with you today, and I wish you continued success in your journey with Jobcred.
2: Thank you so much, Adrian, for having me on this show. I'm looking forward to sharing more good news on the HR tech front as well. Thank you for
0: listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you are using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this episode and podcast out to more people who may find it useful. I'll see you in the next episode of The Agent Han Show.